0: Welcome to PwC's Tax Reform Readiness podcast series. This podcast is an excerpt from PwC's Tax Reform Readiness webcast series held on February 21, 2018, focusing on interim financial reporting following U.S. tax reform. The panelists for the webcast were Ken Kuykendall, PwC's Tax Services Leader, Andy Ruggles, a PwC tax partner and leader of our Tax Reporting and Strategy Group, Teresa Peacock, a PwC tax partner in our Tax Reporting and Strategy Group, and Chaz Walter, a PwC tax partner focusing on our industry tax practice. This podcast excerpt consists of a discussion among the panelists, teeing up what companies need to focus on in Q1 of 2018.
1: Why don't we, uh, why don't we jump right into the topic here? Um, and Andy, I'm, I'm going to come to you first. When we talk about sort of bringing it all together, folks here As I mentioned early on, just getting done with year-end, they hardly have time to look up. They've got Q1 to deal with. Um, There's still probably some actions to take as it relates to year-end. There's a lot to be done as far as Q1 sort of. In your mind, how do you you frame all that for people?
2: Yeah, Ken, I think that um, it's interesting because it feels like the starting gun sort of went off for us right um, before the holiday break. And um, the reality is most organizations were focused on what felt like a sort of gun at their head, which was deal with the big issues when we think about calendar year-ends, um, what are the year-end um, things we've got to disclose from the toll charge dealing with our deferreds? And so what we're seeing right now is a real shift in focus towards those interim periods. I would say they're starting to come up for air, yeah. um, but your comment is there's not a lot of air to be had <laughs> because um, what what we're seeing is people are still working through some of the interpretive issues. There's additional guidance still coming out. Uh, but they're realizing we've got to immediately focus on Q1. So we're going to be a little bit calendar year focused here. We'll touch on fiscal year filers. But um, I would say there's two things, right? They're, they're introducing the interim concept. A lot of organizations are still dealing with trying to interpret, like, what exactly do the rules mean and recognize there's a lot of guidance that's still going to be coming out. So with that, it's I think we're going to see taxpayers continue to focus. It's weaving in what's now going to be looking ahead to Q1. And um, you know, how do we get
3: ready for that? Yeah, I think you're right. I think when you look at the timing of tax reform, uh everybody had their fingers crossed. Uh the timing did not turn out, I think, as as everybody was was hoping for, at least a tax professional. Uh so there was a lot to deal with it at year end, um, with some relief with SAB 118 uh as far as what you needed to book. Um but now that companies are starting to file their 10K's, um There's a lot still left on the table to deal with, with year-end. At the same time, they need to pivot towards Q1 and pulling together an annual effective tax rate. And pulling together an annual effective tax rate, they can't really go back to their playbook from last year. Uh, There are a lot of moving parts. And um, one recommendation that I would have is to communicate at this point, because there are a lot of moving parts, there are a lot of parts of the finance operation that need to come in. Um, whether it's the treasury group or the controllers group. So to to be communicating within your organization because this is not your normal Q1, and I would say this is not going to be your normal full year, 2018, as far as a tax professional.
1: Yeah, if I if I could add to that, in addition to communicating internally, communicating with your test firm because trying to understand what the expectations are and what people are going to need to do is going to be incredibly important. And just to maybe pivot off, and I know this will we'll cover more of this as we get deeper into here, but while the timing worked out such that it created a little bit more financial reporting challenges in that the the bill got passed directly before year end with not a lot of time before year end, I will say that the SEC and what they did to step forward and provide a little bit of relief for people have taken some of the, the the pressure out of the year end piece of this that's going on and some of the calculations that need to be done. But, but again, there's still a lot of focus going forward that needs to happen when we start to think about, um, the accounting that, that might have been done at year end that we got some relief from as well as what needs to happen over the next quarters. And I know we'll dive into that in more detail, but that's that's something that resonates with me.
4: Yeah, and I think just to pivot slightly, we talk a lot about calendar years. A lot of what we'll talk to today will be on calendar years, but fiscal year filers do have a couple of things. They've definitely, most of them have already had to file on an interim basis with a discrete calculation of the impact of the law changes they possibly have some additional quarters coming up where they may have to improve on that estimate. And then headed into year end, they've got the additional complexity of the blended rate, so stepping down to a blended rate and then to the 21% rate. So the year filers definitely have their own unique set of circumstances. Some argue it may be harder. And so as they look at that, they also have the experience of the calendar year taxpayers who have been through this one, so the lessons learned, making sure they incorporate that as they head into their year end. And likely with 118, it does give some level of relief, but if you're headed into year-end another six months from now, there might be a higher expectation that you have more accounting data to be able to calculate these. So fiscal year filers, definitely there are some nuances there that we'll hit on a bit, but we will, as you mentioned, probably yep. focus
2: a lot more on accounting. Well, I think, Ken, you said it, which is talking with your test firm. Um, we are going to see, as, as their understanding of the positions and dealing with it, it's going to continue to evolve. So having an active dialogue, especially for fiscal year filers, really, really important. So, um <laughs> Yeah, so those are key.
1: So why don't we uh, move forward and start to dig a little bit more into, as I said, the interim reporting side and starting to prioritize what needs to happen, um, what hasn't happened. So, Teresa, going to come to you on this side, but maybe taking it from where Andy was at down to a little bit of a deeper dive focusing on what people have already done for, and again, we have a little bit of calendar focus, what people have done in 2017, what they need to be thinking about from an interim perspective in 2018.
4: Great, yes, and there are several different ways to slice this, so we're coming up for air out of year end. A large piece of that is during 2018, we need to tackle a couple of different tranches, one being the SEC Sab 118, relief, provided the ability to take provisional estimates for some calculations, as well as if you didn't have sufficient information, call it the bucket three of things that couldn't be measured at your end. That people need to really take a detailed approach to say, what are all those individual provisions? And how they're going to gather the information, how they're going to complete the calculation. Everything has to be trued up within a year. So it's not to exceed one year from the date of enactment. But I think the general guidance has been it can't be that everyone books everything on December 21st of next year, of 2018. And so taking it and figuring out how they're going to tackle it, really detailed work plan around, here's what I'm going to do, here's the timing for completing that, and some elements will be completed before others. So how do you work that through and decide when you will recognize that true up and will it be on a component basis throughout the year, and each company's facts and circumstances will change. So want to be sure that people have a plan to address all of those. The other thing coming out of your end is just take a look at the process, technology, data gaps that you experience during year-end and take that and build a plan for how you're going to build a better process for 2018, whether that's interim or year-end reporting, and then prioritize how we're going to change those. So... Really coming up with that plan based on your experience at year-end or for fiscal year filers, based on the experience at the quarters and as you're headed into year-end, having an operational plan, because most people have really focused on the technical issues. Then pivoting to that 2018 interim reporting, because I think one thing that maybe people have been so buried in the just immediate needs of year-end The Q1 is coming quickly, and there isn't an exception like SAB 118 for the quarterly calcs. So, for example, guilty beat an estimate needs to be included. And while FIN18 will give some level of an estimate that's trued up throughout the year, the 118 does not apply as you look at the rules that are coming into play now. It was the date of enactment type transaction. And there's also just an increased importance of legal entity forecasts. We're going to go into that a bit as well as people think about a territorial regime um, having that data in the past was important, it's become more important. So as we think about the big buckets of pulling the information from last year into this year, the quarterly, and then really preparing for your end, I think it's a great time to maybe dig into those three buckets just a bit more with, mm, Chaz, you spent a lot of time prior to joining PwC. You were head of tax accounting at a large multinational. You were also um, over there financial opera- or operational finance. And so when you take what needs to be done here from the lens of a, t- a tax professional, as well as the people that they will be interacting with? Maybe let's move to the next slide and let's talk, dig into some of these details that we'll be facing as
3: we look at these. Yeah, when I look at this this slide and and the the timeline, the timeline is very familiar, right? I mean, this is a timeline that tax prof- professionals, um, in focusing on the provision, on the compliance, on everything, this is kind of what you would follow when you're looking at those those top. Um, captions. Um, What's different about this slide is obviously all the detail and all the additional things that need to happen now and as I mentioned before 2018 is not going to be a normal year. Um, I actually think the amount of work is a a multiple of what would happen in a typical year without some large transaction. So as an analogy I I do think coming out of year-end like we talked about it's similar to having just entered into a very large transaction that impacts your global tax footprint, right? You go through the, the transaction, you go through all the due diligence, you do all the digging, you do all the negotiating, you close the deal and everybody comes up and goes, Oh. And then you look and you say, well, we've got to integrate this company and our tax footprint just changed substantially. Well, when I look at tax reform, I think you can take that and it's many times that because – there are many aspects of tax reform that are going to change, like you said, the data gathering, the 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 pivotal parts of your global provision that are, that are going to drive your tax expense, um, those are gonna change with with guilty. Um, and so I think pivoting off of your end, going into twenty eighteen, um I mentioned it before, the, the communication not only with your test firm, but this in my opinion, this cannot be, oh, tax department has it handled, or how hard could this be? This is going from 35% to 21%. You can handle that, right? Um, because I think the education element of it is essential within an organization so that people outside of tax who don't spend their, their days thinking about tax um, need to understand that there are going to be data requirements that need they need to get involved in. Um, so that's kind of how I'm viewing this. It's a, the calendar... You really need to step back and say, I've got these certain things that I've done before, still have to do them, but what does it look like now?
2: I think a couple, just to, to hit a couple of quick points, so an example of where we see some immediate change going into Q1 is uh, we talked about SAB 118, and your estimates from year-end continually need to be updated. There's a little bit of change in process in just making sure on the interim basis, have we looked at what our estimates were as new guidance comes out, making sure we – update our estimates, not only for our ongoing analysis, but whatever guidance comes out within the quarter as this gets released on a on a, uh, periodic basis. So in internal controls is one area where you know, people got to pivot right now around that. The other thing is we were chatting about this is just thinking about things like estimated payments, right? So you've got your new estimated payments under the new regime, but then separately there's to the extent you have the transition tax beginning to think about those cash outlays, you know, when and how much and what's the cash yeah, plan around that. Year
4: spread, just really communicating with Treasury as to how the payments need to be yep. made and what that's different from a cash forecasting perspective, as well as if there's cash repatriation plans, how to work with Treasury very effectively on that. So yep. I think it is much broader than a tax change. In fact, one of my clients actually refers to it as business reform versus tax reform because there's it's so broad reaching within the organization. And then the other one not to forget to communicate with is IT. So these data demands are coming out of the ERP systems, the forecasting systems. We'll spend some time on that, but I think really communicating with IT as to the needs in addition to finance and treasury um, and just broad messaging because analysts are asking a lot of questions about this. So how do we prepare others to communicate like with the stakeholder investors?
1: Yeah. So maybe trying to wrap up a couple of topics you you talked about and have some, some key takeaways here. I think both you guys hit on this, but year-end provisional amounts that were booked or things that were unknown, it's not as if those just sit out there. Essentially, you need to have a quarterly process as you're working through each one of the quarters to identify what is now known that wasn't unknown or what items might be able to be computed at some point in time. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, that's one of the requirements that comes with the, the SEC relief that came. So I think that's a critically important piece. And then you guys also hit on this, but what we do from a standpoint of calculations got incredibly more quantitative when you think about guilty requirements, BEAT, FDII, interest calculations, all those different pieces. And Shaz, you hit on this, but the data sources is very different from where they were traditionally. And a lot of companies are waking up to the fact that they don't, they don't have um, legal entity forecasted income um, across the globe or a forecast of current tax expense across the globe. And so I know you guys are going to dive into this in more detail, but a couple of big takeaways are... Those are the things to be wary of walking in, right? Mm -hmm. Thank you very much for joining our Tax Reform Readiness Series. And speakers, I really appreciate you joining me for a real thoughtful dialogue on a topic that I think people really got to dig into right now. So thanks very much.
0: If you would like further information about this topic, please email the participants whose email addresses can be found in the description of this episode.